It's the Kyle Hyman Show on Redeemer Radio. This is Kyle Hyman, and here to talk about some saints, some epic saints, some wild, wonderful, and weird stories of God's heroes is Sean McAfee. Thanks for being here, Sean. Thank you for having me. I feel like this book takes like the clickbait championship trophy. You got <laughs> such good stuff. I, I'm not even going to mention the stuff on the back where you have such great little teasers of these same stories. I'm just just look through the the table of contents here. You've got can you really trust a wolf? Saint Edmund the Martyr. <laughs> uh, great yep. question. Uh, you got a couple of stories about dragons, and then there's a, a section on can these stories be allegorical? Yep. Uh, you've got the wild bilocating death of St. Mary of Egypt, the best miracle ever, which is St. Dennis of <laughs> Paris, the saint who lost his head but kept on going. Who wrote all of these titles? Uh, I did. I did. Um, <laughs> I the, the book is, I think, I, I don't know how many writers contributed. One, two, ten. Um, <laughs> two, ten. I, I had a, it's really the group that either founded or has continued to write with epicpew.com. I founded the site. Right. We made the inception for this book like two years ago. We said, let's get the best collection of saint stories we've ever heard. Just the craziest things. Because we always talk about them, but nobody ever like puts them down in writing. You can go by all of Butler's Lives of the Saints, but that'll take you a lifetime to really memorize. But we want to take the very best, the craziest things we could find and put them in here. Uh, yeah, but to answer your question, uh, a lot of other people contributed to this book and and, uh, and wrote the story, and then I tried to choose somewhat of a slick headline. Uh, nailed it. Very good. Why <laughs> do you think we love these saint stories? Oh, such a good question. I think they're fascinating. I don't think the appeal of the saints is as far beyond any of the human race because we're always looking to people, you know, as heroes. And, you know, eventually, you know, people will get older and uh, their favorite childhood heroes will become adults and we'll, we'll start looking to real leaders to solve our real immediate problems, not Marvel superheroes to, you know, to defend the universe against Galactus or I don't even know what because I don't pay attention to that stuff. No. But as adults, we start realizing what's important. And hopefully as Catholics, we start realizing, you know, there are some real defenders of the faith and some real miracle bearers who just showed God's glory, but did it in such a humble way. And we cling to those things. But even every, even all of these have like a seriously practical application to everyday life that really anybody I can identify with. And, and I didn't just want to tell like, hey, there's some wacky stuff out there. I wanted to say, here's why it's important to your life as a Catholic. That was what I was kind of wondering about because it does seem like uh, these are hard to believe and crazy stories and you'll never believe what happens next. But can you give us an example of something that's kind of crazy, but there's a, a moral to the story, a takeaway where you wouldn't maybe necessarily catch it on the, the first read? Yeah, well, you kind of went into one of the topics that really needs to be hit. You know, we can hear stories like St. Margaret's Dragon. Like, okay, so there's basically a saint in like the 4th, 5th, 6th century, I don't remember what, who apparently got swallowed by a dragon. And she cut her way out of this dragon by the power and mercy of God. And that's the way that the real historically peer-reviewed saints have passed that story down. Uh -huh. You know, it has not been taken as anything other than literal. And there's a lot of dragon stories with the saints. And so I wanted to write right after that, like, what's the point here? Maybe there are a touch of allegory here. And yeah, I think there really is. <laughs> it doesn't mean you, you have to ignore everything and say, well, it's just trying to point to some, you know, greater 
truth. Because, And I talk about that. You cannot diminish the power of God because there are crazier things in the Bible. Really, there are much more insane things that happen in the New Testament, let alone just the Old Testament. But I think I do think it is important to point to things like St. Margaret's Dragon to look, hey, we are all sometimes swallowed by Satan. You know, the Bible describes him as, as this prowling lion, you know, who's always, you know, trying to devour his prey. And sometimes we are overcome by that, and but we fight our way out of it with the power of God. Um, and I think that that's one possible application of that story to look at and say, hey, man, even if sometimes you're just trapped inside the enemy, you can cut your way out with the power of God and, and with the saints like her as your intercessor. So how do we know if something's allegory or that it is a true actual story and does it matter? <laughs> You'll probably want to go read Butler. Okay. <laughs> Cuz anybody who's ever read any of Butler's Lives of the Saints just take one day in the entire calendar year and this guy, I think he wrote it in like the 17th century. He was very emphatic about just saying whether or not it was totally baloney. Or whether or not it was, you know, verified by, you know, uh, what's the word, contemporaries of the time, and really what the what the milieu has been on judging these stories. But a lot of times, Butler is not afraid. Even some of the most famous stories we've heard, he will just flat out say, "There's really no evidence to back this up. It just exists in this one manuscript." Now, whether or not it's allegorical or not. I don't have an answer for that. And, and I don't know if anybody really does. I think listening to these stories is a matter of building the faith. I'm not sure that it is within the purpose of listening to these stories. Um, we're not going to get to the purpose of these stories by judging whether or not they're allegorical or not. We really need to dig to the deep, deeper truth. And that it really is three things. And I'll just lay it out for you. Okay. Is Saint stories are miraculous, right? All of the stories in here involve some sort of crazy miracle or, or weird event. But they always point to three things. They point to the God trying to do one of three things, and that's build the faith of the believer, verify uh, and validate holiness in an object or a person or a place, or to uh, confirm or validate a doctrinal truth like the Immaculate Conception. We know the stories of the saints regarding that. So there's always a purpose, and it really pays to discover, to steal the line from MasterCard in the 90s. Or was it? No, Discover Card in the 90s. I just totally blew that up. <laughs> it really pays to read and to study the saints, you know, not just not just in, in this fun little level like, like in this book, but to really go in and, and dig deep and say, hey, know really what happened here and to go into historical research and then to find out. So then you can inform yourself on, you know, questions like we're trying to answer right here. But really, I think we should take just take them at their face value and say, what is God trying to do through this? Is he trying to build our faith? Is he trying to confirm a dogma or is he trying or, or another facet of revelation or is he trying to confirm the holiness of a person, place or thing? So do you have a favorite of these stories? Oh man, so many. And like you said, they're kind of, I chose, I chose a few really colorful ones on the back of the book. One that really comes <laughs> to mind is really one that's not even a hundred years old yet. And that's uh, St. Miguel Pro, who was a, a saint in the Cristeros War and he was eventually martyred, but he was, we call him in the book, we call him the master of disguises because he truly was. Uh, one time he stole a police uniform and he went and chewed out all of the police at their headquarters. <laughs> and then uh, he was in the uniform and, <laughs> and then, you know, later gave the uniform back and eventually was arrested. But just stuff like that, like that is 
something you could see somebody doing. It doesn't involve, you know, any interpretation of allegory. It's just totally practical. Uh-huh. Um, there's another story of um, uh, St. John. I think it's St. John Bosco, a northern Italian, uh, was really good with youth. But some people thought like his methods were just crazy because he would, you know, break out into song and dance. And other people in that time just weren't acting like that. But he really wanted to connect with the younger generation or what have you. Um, and so one of them arranged for a cart to come and pick him up to bring him to the insane asylum and just basically trick him, say, hey, we're going to bring you to the next town on a road show, but it was going to go to the insane asylum. And he found out about this and he instead put the other person in the car in a clever way. I don't want to tell it. And he slapped the horse and said, off to the asylum with him and drove the other priest, you know, as prank to the asylum. It was just stuff, stuff like that. I mean, it's not it's not anything that involves any wild imagination. It's just funny. And it points to something on that one. I say you can never trick a trickster. Um you know, just applying everyday things to practical, you know, maybe jokes, but practical experiences like that, that can really highlight the humanity of these saints. And some of these saints get multiple stories. It looked like St. Philip Neri might take the award for the most stories. Is that, would that be true? I felt, uh, I'm so frustrated that you said that because I didn't want to make it like all about him. But yeah, he has so <laughs> many. I'm very well versed with the uh, the biography from Antonio Galunio. He was the, uh, a confessee to uh, – he was one of the original oratorians and eventually wrote the, um, the biography. It's like a firsthand account. And the way he tells it, you can tell. But I, I'm very well versed in that. And so anybody who's read The Life of St. Philip Neri knows he is just – absolutely hilarious. He did the wildest things. A lot of things I didn't even cover in this book. Like one time he just shaved half of his beard off right. and then sh- shows up to the papal, uh, you know, to a papal court audience uh-huh. just to like make everybody laugh and basically to, to hum- humiliate himself. Cause it wouldn't have been that funny back then. You know, humor has right. really changed <laughs> the nineties. We can thank for Ren and Stimpy and all that introducing that kind of humor to us, yeah, but sarcasm. think like three or 400 years ago. Yeah. Sarcasm. Think three or 400 years ago, that stuff still hasn't penetrated Europe. So, it would have been truly embarrassing um, to anybody without like a very lighthearted sense of humor like him. So yeah, but oh, St. Philip Neri, yeah, he's got several in here. And, and he, if there's a sequel, which there might be, um, he's definitely going to be a headliner. Oh, really? I mean, there's a lot of stories in here because they're fairly short stories. Very easy yeah. read. Yeah. You think you could do a, a second volume? I think I could do a second and a third. There were there were things that I, I really wanted to include, but because of the timeline or the length of the book or my desire to have a sequel, I mean, this book sits right here in my hand at over 200 pages. So that, yeah. that's, that's probably enough. Um, and I think there's close to, like, I don't know, 60 stories in here. That's pretty meaty. I mean, there's a lot of information in this book in addition to the fun, you know, side of it. Uh, but yeah, there are stories from Neri. There are stories from St. John Vianney. I don't know if we covered any St. John Vianney stories in here, but he has so many. Trochu was his biographer. I mean, talk about Mr. Miracles. There are just so many funny points in his life. Like he would predict he was a seer. So he, he a lot of his stories come from a very long chapter about the interesting happenings in Southern France where somebody would go to him to confess a sin and he would tell them what they weren't confessing. And there are some very, very hilarious things that came out of those moments. Um, and some very poignant and sad stuff too. Uh, so that has to be covered in the future because we, yeah, well, this is the wild, wonderful and weird, but we also need to tell, you know, the, the other serious side of these stories too. So on a spectrum, if pure entertainment is a one and pure educational, inspirational is a 10, where does this fall or where do you hope it falls? Oh. 
I really hope it falls right in the middle. I mean, I, whenever whenever I thought of this book, I was thinking nothing but humor, you uh-huh. know. And I want to. I've always wanted to. I'll tell you what. Let me just confess this real quick. Is okay. I, I was an intellectual convert. I had really no interest in the saints, other than a few good stories that helped me understand those intellectual truths. This is more um, apologetics. Yeah, I, w- yeah. I was more interested in apologetics, uh, but I discovered the saints several years ago after kind of connecting the lives of several counter-reformation saints and then writing a book on that. Mm-hmm. And and my love for the saints just grew from there. Like their stories there are just incredible. And so what my point is, is that the, you know, as we look at these lives, you know, it they are very entertaining, but I wanted to make something that really taught somebody. I mean, this would all kind of, honestly, I wouldn't be that proud of this work if it just made people laugh. But what we really need to do is we need to grow people's faith. And so everything in this book is directed to building the faith of the reader, albeit in a lot of ways, very hilariously. All right. Well, I think this is a great book. I think it'd be great for young people too that yeah. enjoy some of this entertainment along with their education and uh, great for a middle school, high school student, as well as adults. I mean, it's just, it's just a great fun read. Like I said, they're, they're short stories, so you could just read a couple here and there and pass them on to a friend or whatever. Did you have any stories that you liked? I mean, I'm a Philip Neary fan, so I, I love hearing his stories. Oh, yeah. And I haven't read the the full biography, so it's great to get, get like a sample of him. But yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just fun. So... Definitely encourage people to check it out. Where should we send people for more information about what you're up to and to get your books? Okay, so for the books, just go right to Amazon and search Sean McAfee. This one is produced by uh, Tan Books from St. Benedict Press. So if you want to go look up St. Benedict Press and probably get a better deal and just as quick shipping, go to St. Benedict Press and tanbooks.com. Otherwise, you can just find me at epicpew.com or the National Catholic Register. All right. Again, this book is Epic Saints, Wild, Wonderful, and Weird Stories of God's Heroes. It's a fun book. Definitely check it out. Thank you so much, Sean, for sharing it with us. Thanks, Kyle.